person. Greetings, everyone. This is Divine Council. This is Monquay. This is Stefan. Peace uh, to the sound of the rising sun. Right now, yo, we just shooting the shits. I had a good night downtown in the Triad up in Greensboro. Shit, we just gonna give a little bit of our personality. You know, man, like, I think it's, it was pretty lit tonight, to be real. But, you know, we're reaching that peak age right now where, shit, it might be time to do something else. Uh yeah 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 downtown it was uh it was packed as usual, you know um there's a lot of people downtown celebrating the graduation. Um, I'm in grad school right now, so I graduated at the end of the year. But you know I I remember when I graduated from undergrad and how big of a moment that was for me and stuff and you know partying and stuff for like four years straight it really takes a toll on you you know because before that I was just focused on school and I was doing like a job at that point I was working at Bojangles uh, back in high school and stuff so coming to ECU it really opened my eyes to what a lot of people were doing back in high school because you know in high school I wasn't doing that I wasn't partying and stuff like that but doing it for like four years straight it like drains you you know so you get bored of it unless you're like moving around to like different areas and whatnot and Greenville is a small uh, area everything is packed in you know in terms of a uh, nightlife so it gets old quick so yeah I, I feel what you're saying I agree with you, man, but I'm gonna be real. I mean, shit, we went to ECU. That's like the top party school in the, in the, in the country, as you can see. And I feel like, man, this shit was so lit for us. I couldn't even tell it was graduation besides the Uber prices, to be real. Like, I mean, them shit, that shit was ridiculous. Like, $40, $50. I feel like these niggas ain't even lit. Like, you just graduated, you got a four year degree. Like, what it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what are y'all doing? Like, I, like it's like another night on the town, but I think that's what makes the party scene at ECU so great. With Riverwalk 2014, all the pool parties all summer and stuff, you know, that's a part of the experience that you get for one of the cheapest in-state schools in the country, you know. And this ain't even really about promotion of ECU because I know at the end of the day, like, I mean, it's, it's college, but, you know, if you're going to go, that's one of the best ones to go, you know, when it comes to value. But, you know, at the end of the day, seeing, you know, how, how the night was, it does, it makes you reminisce on how fast those four years go by. Yeah, those four years, they, they go by uh, super fast, you know. Um, I can't even grasp the fact that, shit, I'm about to be 25. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Yeah, it it really passes by, you know. When you focused on your purpose and what you're trying to do in life, um, the party scene, it can die down quick because people, they start to move on to the next chapters of their lives real quick. And you be reminded by that fast. If you go to Facebook, you know, I see a lot of people from back home, how they doing in life. And a lot of them didn't go to a college. Now they got families and whatnot. 
I mean, that's cool, but at the same time, it's like, in your 20s, having, like, a family to me is like, I don't know. I feel like you could be rushing into that, you know, because. I agree. I agree. You're still young at that point. You're still developing. You know, they say your mind, uh, your brain, rather, stops developing at the age of 25. So, to be married before that is, I mean, that's a big commitment, you know. And, I mean, I understand, you know, maybe the baby boomers and stuff, you know, they they did stuff like that. But nowadays, with uh, the way we we have different talks about equality and stuff and the pay wage and women becoming bosses and whatnot, it's like, why get married when the divorce rate is around 50% in the U.S.? You know, it's a business. At the end of the day, it's not something out of pure love and shit, you know what I'm saying? So, you can find somebody and you can be with them for a while or until you um, pass on. But I don't think the love for that person should be defined by a piece of paper, you know? I agree. I I feel like the first test when you're with a female, because, you know, it's 2019, this ain't... uh 1959 it's different right now than it is for our grandparents for then than it is for our parents too Shit, my, I, I mean i let them know from the start i'm not signing a marriage contract you don't have to really you don't have to sign an actual marriage contract because that's all it is it's, it's a legal bonding contract yeah and um my love for you as a man isn't based on my name on the dotted line simple as that you should respect that if she don't respect that, then it is what it is. It's, it's millions, billions of uh, females out here, and I uh, go about my way because at the end of the day, you know, if you really, f- truly love a, a, a woman, she should respect your word. Yep. You should respect her word, um, but yeah, I don't I feel like you know that that should lead to the detriment of you splitting your um, resources. Same for her. You know, if if a female is the breadwinner, then. You know, as a man, if you come in and you marry somebody that makes multi-millions, and you, even if you don't sign a prenup, that doesn't, the law shouldn't be able to come in and enforce that female or that woman giving you half of her income, regardless if she elevated you or not. That's the that's the bottom line. Like, and I agree with you, man. It ain't nothing. It's just, it's it's laws, and I think the detriment of man is that we can love stronger than than how a female can love. And that, that might sound, you know, that might sound crazy, but I feel like we can love blindly. Man can love blindly. Once a man starts loving, then his logic goes out the window sometimes, most of the time. And I think uh, women understand that, which is why we have the marriage dilemma. They de- they understand it 100%. Shit, you nigga, hey, a nigga get pussy drunk is what they call it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, putting the... Putting the pussy on the pedestal, you know. Um, you just got to be able to um, balance it out in terms of being with somebody and knowing that they can still have eyes for somebody else. Because even though you're with somebody in a committed relationship, you're never really with somebody 100% of the time. You know, rather it be... Uh, working or hanging out with friends and whatnot. 
to say that you're in a committed relationship is, I mean, to pretty much say that you're in jail because you don't have your freedom, in a sense, uh, to do what you want as you please. You have to know, let your significant other know what you're doing majority of the time. And you can love somebody to uh, to infinity and beyond, but they can still not reciprocate reciprocate that love to you, especially you know dealing with like a, a woman that's um, independent. She doesn't that looks at men as something that she can toy around with. You know, you can have a woman that you fall in love with and she's looking at you as like damn like he's somebody that I, I can easily control and shit so or you gotta look at it as a if she's a 5 out of 10 she already has more options than you more than likely if you're if you the average man so like it's easy for uh, a female to just be like look at you like you something that she's used to cause she more than likely is used to somebody like you um Based off the guys that she meets, which is why you got to figure out how to stand out from the rip, figure out how to have your personality show, just set yourself apart. And I think the number one way to set yourself apart from other guys, from your competition is to just not give a fuck about nothing else besides yourself. If you just only care about yourself and if you have a good heart and you only care about yourself, then I feel like everything that you really wanted will increase tenfold. Because what is being selfish? I mean, you only live in this life, and you the only once you you're the only one that's making the decisions. It's not like I can people just jump into your body and make decisions for you. Like you make your own decisions, you make your own choices, and a part of making your own choices, yeah, you have consequences that come with it. But you have to own this shit. You have to own your life, and you have to live your life for yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you do have consequences that come behind it. You're going to be the only one that have to live with them. Nobody else will. So you have to kind of put yourself first. Sometimes selfishness is needed. Yeah, I agree. You know, you got to have an ego to an extent. In terms of whatever you do in uh, this lifetime, you got to have some type of uh, edge to you. You can't be too friendly to people because people take advantage of weak links all the time. You got to have some edge to you. Um, I see it thinking about people that I uh, went to high school with or middle school or rather. People just let people take advantage of them and shit. And I've never been that type of person that would just let somebody walk over me. I might be somebody that uh, I'll speak to you. You might say something to me. I might just like not even pay attention to it. I'm that type of person. But then there's days where I'm just like, nah, I'm going to say something. Um, Even if I don't rock with you like that or if I'm cool with you like that, like I'm not trying to deal with you right now because I'm not on that energy that you on. Uh, so I walk past, it. but you, it might be one of those days where you try to like uh, make a scene and shit in front of people at school. So you gotta 
be one of the people that participated in that, you know, and uh, ro- like, quote unquote, uh, roasting and whatnot, just uh, making fun of one another. Or you could be somebody on the outskirts looking in and just be like, ah, I'm not going to do that today. I'm just trying to get through the day and uh, go back to the crib, you know. You know, you can't let somebody just walk over you because in real life when you're out here working a nine to five, there's going to be people that challenge you all the time, you know, try to get you out of your comfort zone. And you got to be able to sense that and know how to react appropriately so that going down the line, people will gain respect for you because respect is given. Well, respect is earned, not given. So you got to be able to um, showcase who you are truly to people and be honest about it to get that respect because respect is one of the top priorities in terms of this lifetime, you know, in terms of meeting people, you want to be able to earn their respect because that can take you a long way, you know, with certain connections. I agree. I agree with uh, respect. Like nobody should just get respect. Period. <laughs> like at the end of the day, you have to earn it, regardless of who you are, your position, your title. You have to earn respect from everybody. Um, I agree with that a hundred percent. But you know, <laughs> I heard you say a nigga when a nigga try to uh, want to try you or crash on you. That made me think about. Shit, even like tonight, you know, I was talking to you about this earlier, you know, trying to get into the bar. And, you know, shit, we've been doing this shit for years. We down there, experts of this. I don't want to say experts, but we've been we've been going out and this social life shit. Like, we're getting really, really good at it. We've been doing this shit for years. So we kind of we kind of get when we kind of get the nuances of it. Yeah, we know what to expect. One of the big ones, you know, I mean, I always, we always have a hard time. With uh, these bars, clubs, you know, I guess I, I'm not even going to say or speculate what the, what's going on with that. But, you know, I have a hard time here and there. I had times where my shorts were too short. I was sagging too much. Uh, I think one time you had a you had Jordans on and they didn't want to let you in. He went all the way. The only way you could see the Jordan symbol is you could see the back of your heel. He had to go back around and look at your heel. And what made it even worse was on top of that, it was white boys in front of us that had Jordans on too. He didn't even like do the same thing. And what's so crazy is like <laughs> shit, even when you get into the club, you know, you try to go get drinks, you get served last. I mean, I do this shit every time. I count who came up to the bar with me at the same time or after me and who gets served first. And, and this is going to be like far left field, but this shit made me think how much you really are hated. But for what? Like for what? Like where where does that shit come from? Where what what is and this is all rhetorical, like what where does that come from? The fact that oh and what what happened was we we were in a in a group, it's just us, us two. We were followed behind a group of people. And it was like five of them, I believe two girls and three guys. And they made they had to wait in line. We had to wait in line too. Um so we waited in line for a total of probably like 15 minutes. They let them in. And as they let them in, 
I mean, like, I'm not even trying to sneak in type shit. Like, I don't give a fuck, nigga. I'm paying you. Like, I'm paying your bar. I'm I'm paying you. I I I make I, I make more money than you already. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm paying you. Like, this ain't this yeah. ain't got nothing to do with me. Like, when it, when you want to talk about levels, it is levels to this shit. Like, it really is levels to this shit. Like, I'm paying you. I'm paying you. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, and for you to just disrespect me when I'm not even like coming in here. That's why this is this is what I was saying. Like, it's all a test. It's like it, it, it seems so blatant and so like far left. It seems like you're getting fucked with so much that you know it's a test. It's all it is a test because they want they want you to react in a in a negative way so you can reaffirm what they think you are. But at the end of the day, they don't really know who you are. So when they test you like that and they know that they can't get you, they always remember that shit because they've already tested niggas left. They probably went about went about their whole life testing niggas. Little, you know, the small little shit test that racists give you. They don't went went about testing niggas, and they don't won those battles. But when they meet somebody that they can't really fuck with, somebody that that's an intelligence is on a higher level, that understands off rip. Oh, this nigga might have let all them in, and then he stopped me. Because he probably sees he sees in that in that moment, I'm a bouncer. I at this at this moment it looks like I have more power over him. So being a bouncer, which that's you're a loser. Like nigga, you're like come on, bro. You're a loser. Like I mean, like bottom line, like being that and you see this is I look at that shit as this is your this is your claim to fame. You can have that. You can have that because I know what you're doing and I get what's going on. And, you know, it's not even worth me having to whoop your ass. I already know, we already know how to do this shit. Like, it ain't like, I don't give a fuck if you, who you bounce for. Just because you bounce don't mean you can move your hands. That don't mean shit. Like, you ain't, you don't need no license to do that shit, nigga. Like, so I see that it ain't, it ain't nothing to it. You just got to know niggas will fuck with you and test you at all times. But they, if they think the situation is favorable, favorable to them. But the key is you got to understand what the, what's going on. If you get what's going on, you ain't going to be affected by it, you know. You know, even at the end of the day, shit, we go places and it ain't, even, it ain't even us the ones fighting. It be the ones they let in that they think ain't a threat. Because those are the savages because they want to reaffirm because, you see, they see people that look like them and they're like, see, they can see that that is a savage. <laughs> That person's a savage. Yeah. They know that because that's me. I'm a savage too, but they see a nigga that, that they've been taught to believe is a savage who's really not the savage. They have to reaffirm that so they can make themselves feel better. So if you're getting fucked with as a nigga, you just got to know you. this is why you're here. You're meant to get fucked with right now. It's a test. It's all a test. But we not weak though. You know, like I'm not weak, so it ain't gonna bother me. I'm just gonna yeah, we're, battle, we're, win we're, it. Yeah, we're uh, <clears throat> we're resilient people. You know, we've been through a lot, so just people uh, talking down and whatnot. That's not gonna stop us from our grind, our day to day. And just to think, like after I seen like this YouTube video, where. Uh, the person with the mic was going around asking people what it would be like to live on a planet without black people. And it's like they just couldn't imagine it, you know, because we're too important to this universe. And 
uh, other universes out there, in my opinion. So, just to be discouraged by what we had to go through every day, I mean, you got to be stronger than that at the end of the day. And a lot of us are strong, and some of us have become depressed in the process because of stuff that we look at and uh, listen to puts you in a certain mood. Even going into the uh, Civil Rights Museum downtown in Greensboro, um, there was a part where, uh, I'm trying to think, there where the sit-ins happened, you know, they had the same layout of the diner and whatnot. I think the diner was in that building, actually. Because I was thinking about how they even had, how, how they even were able to recreate that. They did a reenactment for one of the videos they showed in the museum and stuff. And yeah, I was just like, damn. Just imagine being in that time, you know, in the 60s, motherfuckers uh, spitting on you and having dogs just attack you for no reason and whatnot. Or having like hot coffee thrown on you and shit. It's like, or being beat, but with the nightsticks and shit. I'm just like, damn. Like you had to have tough skin then, just like we have now. But you really had to have tough skin then to just endure that and just continue to do that for the greater good, you know, of the people. It takes a lot for somebody to just um, to just relish relish in that the bullshit, you know. Um, that's not something we're taught coming up in uh, elementary school and whatnot, grade school rather. It's not something we're taught to to be proud of who we are and to not back down from anything. Nowadays, you just hear teachers talking about, you know, if you're depressed, call the, this hotline and go see a therapist. I think therapy is great, though, for black people, uh, specifically because of what we continue to go through in this country. But I don't think it's it solves everything. I think there should be a serious uh, conversation had on like reparations and in terms of reparations, not just money, but just funding like uh, parks, funding tuition. Hell, I could see reparations being like free t- uh, free college, no taxes for uh, black people or black people tied to uh, slavery or to the slave trade that, you know, there's the movement of the ADOS, the African descendants of slavery tied into that. Or you can look into it and be like, oh, that can go into land. Every black person here who's natural born and whatnot is entitled to so so many amount so many damn acres of land and whatnot so yeah it's not all just about money with the reparations talk it's way more than that you know we need a lot more to be done within the community so continuing that talk will be important you know you fucked up right you know you fucked up <laughs> fucked up where <laughs> you brought up reparations <laughs> We're going to talk about a minute for this shit right here. 
I mean, I ain't, I, I'm be real. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm about to go in. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't trying to talk for too long tonight because, you know, I'm kind of like on the, the the tired end, you know, of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can really go in on another day. But, I mean, you can go in for a little bit. But All know, I'm going to say this KO. for the listener, for yeah. the listeners. I got a lot of research on res- reparations and, you know, we can we can go all day about reparations, but what I'm gonna ask the listener, and when I ask questions, most of the time it's rhetoric, or it's rhetorical or rhetoric. How, as the United States government, how have they uh, on on through law, through documentation, how have they given reparations? To basically every group of individuals within the United States besides those of color. These niggas literally interned the Japanese. I believe it was after World War II. During the Korean War, they interned the Japanese on some crazy shit. Released them. And then they gave them reparations. And these niggas aren't even natural inhabitants of this land. You see uh, Bernie Sanders who... uh, Oh yeah, y'all see... I guess you are a Democrat and you still think he care about niggas and you still want to vote for him. But you see where he don't give a fuck if he losing votes. He says it's not even logical to give people of color reparations. Oh, but it's documented that in uh, 2015, Bernie Sanders, a senator, was one of the senators who signed his name on a document that gave Holocaust survivors reparations. Oh, but wait, he's Jew also. So he believes in reparations for himself and for people that look like him. And also people in the past believe in reparations for people that ain't even natural to this land. But when asked, he says it's zero chance. He doesn't even say we can give you free McDonald's. He doesn't even say we can give you free fries. He says it's zero chance that we can give people of color any type of form of reparation. And the problem behind that is they know who you are. They know who we are. You see, you ain't no, you ain't, they don't fear Asians. They don't fear white. They don't fear themselves. They don't fear Hispanics. They don't fear none of them. They will give them anything, not anything. They will at least get them a little bit because at the end of the day, they're more related with each other than they are with you and me. See, nigga like me. I see that they're not going to give you any reparations. I'm not asking these niggas for reparations. And also, I mean, I'm going to tell you something else that pisses me off. Is we have other people within our community who call themselves Moors. Who, and I'm going to be honest, man. I don't really research more 100%. But I understand, in a sense, more sold some of our own people out. Because I know for a fact that I'm Gullah. And you can say all day, you know, as more they, they teach you that that's a legal bonding term for people of color. But... What what law are you trying like who who do you want to recognize that that is a legal bonding term of people of color? Who who do you want to recognize that that term or, or, or who you are? The same colonizers that killed billions of your people. So you're gonna turn around and say you wanna create a law that protects you legally through their legal system and think that they're gonna recognize that shit? Man, get out of here with that goofy ass shit. What happens is you're recognized because you're in cahoots with those same people that 
are dividing other people that are like that you're more related to. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. So Moors basically sold everybody else out. <laughs> they sold everybody else out. They basically, in a sense, jumped into the same law that these people are used to, using to oppress us. Found their niche within that law, so they're protected and they won't be affected by the same people that colonized them. While the Moors are trying to tell us to jump on our ship. And don't fight these niggas back. See, I come from another breed of people that was a part of the Hundred Years War. And we don't even believe, we don't believe in that shit. We don't believe in no fucking laws. Fuck they law. We believe in our own law. For right now, what we thinking, we thinking bloodshed. So that means if you want to come and get my shit, give me liberty or give me death. I don't get. I don't care if you look at me as I'm as if I'm a more. I don't give a fuck if you recognize me because I already know you ain't never gonna recognize me because I know who you are. So I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. Give me my shit back. Or I'm gonna take it with force. If I ain't gonna take it right now, you best believe it's gonna come back to me. Yep, by any means necessary. So that's what I. That's what I be trying to get people to realize. Like you know what I mean. Like you gotta know. Okay, yeah, that that may be may have been an aspect of who we are. Some of us may be moors, but not all of us are. I agree. You know, not all of this is we are multi-dimensional, multi-cultural people within a within one main culture. You look at the skin color of a of a of a colored individual, the features we have every skin skin tone, every facial feature. I know people that look black, but they white as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't. They, you look at them and they they look ambiguous because that's that blackness. That's that dominant gene overrunning all that shit. But yeah, man, like rep- with the reparation shit, I don't even. I ain't asking these niggas. Why? Why the fuck would I ask Rome? Why? Why would I ask Greece for their reparations when this shit is gonna collapse? When we when this shit is collapsing right now, I ain't thinking about that shit. I'm thinking about what I'm gonna create after these motherfuckers collapse and die because I'm always gonna be here because I always been here. They hang. They have not always been here and they always won't be here. So what I'm preparing for is shit that's. Eons down the road, I'm looking at this shit as the law that we that we are following now that we that we worship now. It doesn't even really exist because it's once it collapses, it's not coming back. So who is thinking about new ways of creating a new civilization? Because this civilization right now, all it is is Greece. It's an extension of a Greco-Roman society. It's literally an extension of a Greco-Roman society. That's all it is. So all it is is an extension of Greece. Greece, that shit collapsed. Really, what happened was that shit, that shit, damn near collapsed, and it just re-sprung up as the United States of America. What do we? We got gladiator sports like football, wrestling. This society it functions the same as a Greco-Roman society. That's all it is. But this is the last strain of it. Yeah. This is the last leg of uh, Caucasian type society because if you notice, nothing's new. They don't really create anything new. It's the same dilemmas. They're doing the same shit with the currency. All the same thing is going on with this society as it did in the past previous societies. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Well, I just wanted to say we can continue this at a a later time because I'm, I'm about like falling asleep over here and shit. We like 30 minutes in to the, the shoot the shits, uh, I say volume one. Yeah, shit. Hey, you just gotta keep keep on. Just get on this shit and cut the mic on. Yeah, just cut the mic on. You know. Let me ask you this though, for before we get off. 
Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow they got the 76ers and the Raptors. Yeah. Game seven. Who you got? Raptors. Raptors. I, I think the 76ers looking really, really good. I wouldn't be surprised if they won. But playoff Kawhi, I don't think we've seen another beast. I don't think we've seen a beast like him. I don't think we've seen a beast like I I think, you know, what we saw in 2014, 20, 2015, yeah, that was that looked good. But I don't think we've seen a beast like this Kawhi Leonard. He can do whatever the fuck he want against anybody. He's been the best player in the playoffs this year. I'll go down saying that. I think if they had DeMar DeRozan on their team, they wouldn't have made it out the first round, bro, because the East is that strong this year. Like, a DeMar DeRozan-led Raptors could not beat Boston – couldn't beat the they can't beat the Bucks. They can't they can't beat the 76ers. I mean, that's simple. And I still think if Kawhi was on the I think if the Kawhi was on the Spurs, they would have beat the they would have beat the Nuggets. They can beat the Blazers. They probably would I think it would be the same shit. If Kawhi was in the West right now, if he if he was in the West and the Spurs and they made the finals, or if the Raptors made the finals, I think it would be the same shit. It doesn't matter what team he's on. So I agree. I got the Raptors too. I got the Raptors in the seven. That next one though, the Raptors in the Bucks. That's a tough one because I think Mike, uh, I think Boosin Holder, whatever, and Giannis, it might be their time, man. Like this year. Well, before the season, I had the Warriors winning the title and three peating. But I'm out against looking that. Looking at looking at the playoffs and how it's uh, panned out so far. And, you know, the Warriors have been stricken with uh, injuries. I think it is Giannis's year. I think the Bucks can win a title, and if he wins the title, he's the new face of the league. LeBron's been the face of the league for the past decade, but I think Giannis will be that new face. And I think they're going to push – Giannis is going to be the new face. But here's the thing, and I think it's a it's – a, oh, it's, they want that because that's going to expand the league to yeah. be international. International, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, if Giannis wins it, this is how it's going to happen. Because I think the Nuggets can beat the Warriors. These niggas play seven. I mean, like, I just don't get, like, I think they can beat the Warriors, bro. I really think they can beat the Warriors. I mean, because I think think we're starting to realize, I think it's over. Not over. Ooh, let me take that back. It ain't over. But I think at one point, Steph Curry was... I think he kind of still is, but I think we, I think a good team has figured that out, figured them out in a way. Steph Curry was at one point one of the most was the most unguardable player in the NBA, but I think now we kind of get that. Okay, if we stop Steph, we put our best player on KD. We already know Clay is not going to hit every fucking game. He's not, bro. That's true. He's not going to hit every game. He's not going to hit every game, bro. He's not. The only thing with Clay, he might hit when you don't want him to hit. He Clay seems like the, the clutchest player on that fucking team, bro, when it comes to a game basis when they need him to step up. But I think teams are starting to figure out, okay, we can. this is what we can do against them. And I think what's going to hurt the Warriors against the Nuggets is they got a good big. And not only do they have a good big, they got players – they got players that can. They can play. They can. They can. Def- have Have you seen Gary Harris cover at that yeah. two guard? Yeah, he's a sharp shooter. Gary, and not just the shooting. Gary Harris can defend Clay yeah, or yeah, Steph. Play, yeah, I, I've seen him play defense against uh, 
like CJ McCollum and other trailblazers, but primarily CJ McCollum. He does a good job on that side of the ball. And then on offense, you know, he's a lights out shooter. Uh, no, with CJ McCollum, I think he's better than Dame Lillard. But that's I, for another I wouldn't time. say that. I ain't gonna say that. I, I say that because if you look at the stat line, he's most consistent. Period. Like he's more. He's most consistent. Like at the end of the day, I still think the Blazers would be where they at with just McCollum. I don't think you can say I, that. Nah, yeah, I can't see it. I can't. I mean. I mean, McCollum don't he don't have that clutch? Well, he don't have, yeah, he don't have the clutch gene like Damian Lillard, in my opinion. He he's a really good player, but he 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 can't take over a game the way Dame can. He's not like a, I would say, a floor general. He can handle the ball like a point guard, you know. But at the two guard position, he's just in there to score and play some defense. Damian has to lead the team on every possession down the court, rather he whether he gets the shot or not. Um, I don't see that in CJ, but I do see CJ as being a player that at times can look like an offensive uh, scoring machine, but at times he just seems like a mediocre player to me. I disagree with the mediocre part, but I do agree with the heart and soul of Lillard. The thing I have, though, the, the, the thing that I have that support McCollum is the efficiency and the consistency. I mean, like, I, you don't see a dip in his numbers, like, like, period. You don't see a dip in his numbers. You're not going to see him give you 16 regardless. You're not going to see a number, uh, a dip in, in CJ CJ McCollum's number, and I, I think it's so even. I think talent-wise, they're so even. Like I, I, I personally like McCollum. He, he's he doesn't really get injured. He's just consistent. He's there. Like he's there. He reminds me, in a sense of, I would say like a Bradley Beal, but he might be better than Bradley say, Beal. I ain't gonna say that. I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he's better than Bradley Beal. Uh, I think he's better than Bradley Beal. In terms of two guards, he's not better than Harden. He's not. No, better, no he's no, not no, better no. than DeRozan, in my opinion. I think he's. Uh, that's tough because I feel like if McCullum was on DeRozan, I, I can probably not, see. I can probably see them. I wouldn't say he's better than Devin Booker, to be honest. Uh, That's tough though. I mean, because Devin Booker. I mean, if you look at his stats, he's on a he's on a shitty team, so he he, he gets a lot of empty stats. Yeah, yeah. Devin Devin's a volume sh- uh, shooter, and he's been like that since he's been in the league. Because they've been the sorriest team since he's been in the league. But yeah. I mean, if you flip, <laughs> it's tough, man. You don't really. Who else has been on Devin Booker's team for you could for you could, for you to say that he's not a volume shooter? You know what I mean? He has no. He has had nobody on his team. So he has to be that volume shooter, you know. Um, That's true. I I, I just I focus on McCullough, man. And I, I think I think at the end of the day they ain't gonna they probably won't make it out of this series. I won't be surprised if they win because you know yeah Lillard he he's clutch when it matters when you need that shit. Um, I don't think they really stand a chance against the Warriors that they made it against the Warriors though. I think the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets do though. But.